Hey everyone, this is your Cyber Path. This is the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle, co-host uh, with Wes Schreiner. We are uh, people who have hired a lot of cybersecurity professionals, and we're here to share with you what we know. If you want to give us feedback on the show, or if you want us to answer your question on a future episode, go to the show page at anchor.fm forward slash your cyber path. And when you get there, there's a message button. Click that and uh, tell us what's on your mind. So today, uh, we're going to start the episode by asking you, what do you want to be known for? Wes, what do you, what are your, uh, what do you want to be known for? You know, that's a great question. My, my neighbors think our family's a little crazy, right? We've got kids of every color. We've got <laughs> lawn tractor races in the backyard. We have peacocks that scream. And one time we had a 40, 40 some high schooler sleeping in hammocks back there for a week. So yeah, my, my neighbor's. They know me for something, whatever that be, they've decided what my reputation is. And, and I get to have a little bit of an opinion about what my brand is. My brand is what I put forth, but the reputation mm-hmm. is what, what then I've earned by, by the experiences, the behaviors, the attitudes that others have seen from me. Sometimes we get to right. choose those things, right? And sometimes, sometimes our reputation is, is defined for us, right? We can have a great reputation like, uh, uh, that person brings great ideas to the table or, or I love their contributions. Maybe even uh, 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 they really work well with this team. Uh, they have the ability to get things done. They can influence anybody anywhere. And then there's some, some reasons maybe you're, you don't want to be famous for, right? Uh, but you, <laughs> might, you might be known for. Uh, maybe you uh, might not even realize it. Their lunch always smells like fish. <laughs> Right, they missed their weekly shower. <laughs> right, they, they say it's not my job, or or they define your job for you. Right, uh, those folks tend to build a, an infamous reputation, and both uh, both the the positive reputation traits and the and the challenging traits are ones that we can influence when we become aware of what we're doing and what our emotional intelligence is in that space. Right, right. Now we've done a whole episode, a, f- a few episodes ago, we did a whole episode on reputation. So today we're not trying to uh, to redo that episode, but we are going someplace with this. Today we're going to talk about LinkedIn and what its role is with respect to your desire to get your dream cybersecurity job. So stick with us. That's where we're going. But we got a few other things we want to say first, right? So how do you discover what your reputation is, right? Um well, that's not easy. And at work, one thing you could do is a 360 review. Have you done one of those, Wes? I have. Uh, it's where you, a 360 review is, is 360 degrees in a circle. And it takes a look at those who uh, you work for and then those who work for you, uh, the people who work with you, and your self-assessment to really build a full 360-degree picture of what uh, of of what your brand and reputation are looking like. That yeah, same, side, that same through, kind of review happens. I've probably in had a, three of them. Have you? Did you find them helpful in growing yeah, who probably. you are and, and what you understood about yourself? 
Oh gosh, immeasurably. Um, it's not easy though. I mean, it, 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 it's not easy to hear some of the things that come back on a 360 review. Not that people are trying to be mean. I think people understand that, 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 you know, you're trying to get better and they respect that and they want to help. But still, they're going to tell you some stuff that might not feel very good when you, when you hear it. But if, but how else will you know? I mean, that's kind of where I ended up was like, if I don't do this, then this stuff's going to be hidden to me and I'll have no opportunity to address it. And I really look at that as a gift because those people are giving you the feedback to tell you how you came across. In an interview, it's very similar to a 360 review, except you don't get the feedback, right? Uh, that interview, you are very right. much meeting with your prospective hiring manager and their peers. You're meeting with the people you'll be working with uh, and the staff that you may be supporting. It's a full 360, but you don't get the privilege of that feedback. So any feedback you get is gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are uh, nervous about giving feedback, especially if that feedback is, is going to be, uh, is going to be difficult, right? Nobody wants to be the bearer of bad news. That's not a fun role for people to play, but we're here to talk about LinkedIn and LinkedIn and 360 degree reviews. I don't know it, the Venn diagram, would there be any overlap? Absolutely. Because as uh, what do I say about myself is what I'm saying on LinkedIn right? I say about myself at the resume and yep. at LinkedIn, and those two pieces are 25% of that 360 review. And so uh, uh, let's take a look at that LinkedIn profile and what it is we put out there, because that's the starting place for many, many uh, uh, career discussions. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you would probably... I think it would be a disservice to yourself. You would be disserving yourself if you didn't have the best LinkedIn profile that you could make. But what we want to do today is we want to talk about what are the limits of what that profile can do for you and maybe some of the missteps, right? Some things that you might want to think long and hard about before you add it to your LinkedIn profile. So the key word for today is thoughtful. This is the place to be thoughtful about your brand. It's the place to be thoughtful about what you say. What you do put out there will be thought about. And so please be thoughtful in your presentation, right? We're going to begin by looking at what does your LinkedIn page say about you, right? This is the one that creates your profile page. And I'm going to say, make it professional. This is easy stuff, folks. Represent yourself well and be thoughtful. Uh, you can do a picture. You can do an avatar here. There's no legal boundaries on what we do with pictures or avatars in the in the LinkedIn space. So you're allowed to do right. that. In fact, I encourage you to be personalized in one way or another. Just decide how transparent you want to be on this on this tool. Uh, get help with a good present presentation if you need it, right? Whether that's a friend or a professional service, get help with presenting well on LinkedIn, right? There's a lot of great tutorials online on YouTube. Um, some people know what they're talking about, some they don't. So be careful, but there's a lot of information out there. You can plan your summary statement, right? This one is really important because it follows you everywhere your title and your name goes, right? That summary statement is the first thing people look at. Tell it well, right? This is your story. Probably do it in a first-person voice because it's really you talking about what it is that you uh, you like to do, you do well, and you want to do in the future. 
You know, what I like to see here is I like to see people talking about the problems that they help to solve. Um, I think that puts the right focus um, on, on what this person's value is on the job. So I, I tend to enjoy the, the, um, uh, the summary statement written in that way. Do you have a, a way that you prefer to see it, Wes? Uh, I think that's a great way to go. I, I have the, that Venn diagram of the things I like to do, the things I'm good at, and the things that I want to do in the future, um, and find that center, center spot. Mm. Uh, but uh, I can understand why, why you would go that way as well. Right. Yeah, uh, I just think there's there's more ways, you know, there's multiple ways that you could do this. And um, so, yeah, put that, putting that out there. Now, there's a lot of little stuff, right? There's a lot of little things that you, a lot of little easy things that you want to take care of on your profile, because that's going to tell people um, how thoughtful, because that's the word of the day, how thoughtful you've been about uh, about your profile, right? So, like, one thing that's super easy is get a custom URL. My gosh, Free. that's super easy. And when somebody doesn't have that, I, it makes me wonder. I'm like, uh, why didn't they get one of those? You can, uh, when you put your name up there, you can put your name up there as as uh, West Shriner, comma, CISSP, or you can, or you can put it up with a, a certificate or a title that you want to put up there. Or maybe you just want to be a simple name and leave the certificates and titles behind. Uh, both are okay. It really depends on how you want to approach it. There's not a right answer here. The one thing I have seen that uh, you might want to think about is if you have a, a very uh, common uh, name where there's a lot of people that have your name, first name and last name, like I'm looking at you, Mike Smith. Um, you know, You might want to think about adding some differentiators to help people know that it's you. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about things that can go sideways if if they if they take away from our page, right? Or or if they uh, uh, they become more interesting than we are on our page, right? Can should I have a background photo? Mm. Sure, you can have a background photo. Just don't make it more interesting than you on your page, right? Uh, oh, okay. You're talking about like the header image at the top, right? Yeah, that big header image at the top, right? Or the the section down at the bottom. What are your hobbies and fun things and activities you like to do? Uh, mm -hmm. Try not to include controversial stuff that's going to make you more interesting or be more interesting than you are on your own page. How would you say that, Kip? Is that is that about right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would maybe also call that like a lightning rod, right? Don't, don't set up a lightning rod on your page, unless that's what you want to do. But then realize that if you are going to put something controversial on your profile, realize that um, there's a large number of people out there that will use that to define you. And that will either make them want to pull you closer, or push you farther away. Um and so, you know, that's, that can be a very polarizing effect. Now, if that's what you want, or if you're super comfortable with that because you want to attract people who love this one thing about you and you want to, you know, you want to get in really tight with those folks, great. But what I wouldn't want for you is to put a lightning rod out there and not realize the effect that it's going to have on people who look at your profile. Very much so, right? When I look at the the next section, the the skills and endorsements, right? Uh, 
that's something we can we can manage much more actively and aggressively than we have and and I think it really benefits us uh, very much the we can choose our top three skills that we want to emphasize. We can bring those skills to the top, we can highlight them, and we can ask for endorsements from people that we know and trust to endorse us for those skills, right? Uh, if we've got uh, redundant skills, uh, then then maybe we want to clean those up. If you're if you're showing both well security, cybersecurity, information security, infosec, and and maybe a couple other similar uh, words, and they're each getting five endorsements each, then probably time to hide some of those and consolidate on a single phrase so that you've got uh, a very uh, a focused audience and focused support. Right, you're telling your your endorsers. Uh, giving them a channel for how to endorse you well, right? Um, yeah. Maybe if you've got... Yeah, uh, and you should those, ask people to endorse you. Well, and maybe you were a really great dishwasher in college. Probably time to let that one go at this point. That's not a skill you need to hang on to anymore. <laughs> so let's maybe, let's maybe hide that one or get rid of it so that it's not uh, emphasized on your page. Let's keep the skills to the things you want to, to tell the world you're good at and that the world can say, yes, you are really good at those things. I like that. Uh, related to those skills, and, oh, related to those skills and endorsements, um, I'm really not a fan of the skills assessments that are out there. Uh, when we're doing cybersecurity, we, are, uh, we could maybe measure your Linux or Windows operating system skills, but we can't really measure your security, your organizational or discipline skills, your drive, your enthusiasm. This whole skills assessment is not a feature I really am a fan of in LinkedIn, and I would say uh, step past it and it won't cost you anything when you do. You know, this may be something useful to other industries, people pursuing completely different types of jobs. Um, you know, if there's a specific type of machinery that you need to learn to know how to operate, maybe, you know, maybe a skills assessment and that would be helpful for you. Um, if you make your living with Photoshop or, you know, some other specialized piece of software or, you know, something like that, then then that might be useful. But um, but just because it's available to you doesn't necessarily mean you should be using it. So so think, uh, you know, think twice about that. Um, and and I just I currently I don't see any use for it for helping me to screen candidates. So I, I'm with you on that, Wes. And then I'm going to step to the I'm going to keep us moving here because we're we're having fun, but we're uh, we're halfway through already. So I want to keep us running. OK, all that, right. That uh, uh, the next thing is really what do I want to say about myself on the public Internet about my skills at a specific job or a specific company? Right. Sometimes I'm, I'm listing the exact company name, where their address is, and then I'm also starting to tell you what specific security tools I worked with at that company. I'm not sure that's a good plan, right? If that company's not advertising that they work with SailPoint or, or CA or whatever their identity management is, then it's not your responsibility to tell the world what their identity management solution is either, right? So let's... Uh, let's Let's keep that information on the resume where it's privately delivered to a specific individual for the purpose of job uh, skill assessment. But, but let's keep the public open web page limited to just, just general information about companies and, and skills. 
it's an easy mistake to make, right? Because you think that LinkedIn is your resume and you just don't really think about what what are you telling other people, particularly people who are trying to learn more about your employer? That's a great one, Wes. Open source intelligence is such a growing field right now. In fact, if you haven't uh, taken the time to learn what OSINT is available to you or about you, this would be a great time to, to spend a minute on that as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, let's talk about job changing um, with with your LinkedIn profile. So, you know, what do you, I mean, Wes, I know some people, as soon as they get that, uh, as soon as they turn in their notice, right, at the current employer, they're out on social media telling everybody that, hey, I'm out of here and I got this great new opportunity. It's been real. Love you guys. Bye. See ya. And they just update that LinkedIn profile like as soon as they possibly can. And, um, and yeah. that works well, great. How's that set with you? Is that a good idea? That's fine until you put a picture of your former employer's badge on your LinkedIn post. That that badge is is not yours to put a picture of on the internet and can easily be used to to help access that company in the future. So so don't put pictures of badges on the internet. Right? That that's the first thing I'll add. <laughs> Uh, great post, tell everybody you love them and you wish them the best and they get to wish you the best. That's, that's a wonderful thing, but don't, don't put pictures of the badges up there. And then uh, for me personally, my preference is to have a little bit of a lag there between when I have left or started a new company and when I've actually updated my LinkedIn uh, actual job uh, title. Uh, I tend to leave a little bit of a lag there. It's, it's not a requirement. It's not a, uh, it's my preference, right? That's my, my preference is to have a little lag. Don't let that leg go on too long or or it just looks like you're not maintaining fresh data. But a little bit of a mm. leg is okay, uh, at least for me. I would okay. say uh, a good rule of thumb is to keep it current every quarter, even when nothing has changed, right? Keep your LinkedIn current. Go through and check it. Read every word on there and add three new people to your network. Uh, there's no reason you couldn't add three new people to your network every quarter. And when you add them, go endorse them for the skills that you know they're good at as well. Yeah, being generous on LinkedIn in that way is a good idea. So then we go down to what uh, what do you share and comment and like about, right? What what things do you interact with others when you're uh, we've we've done your profile page now we want to transition to what what do you share and comment and like about, right? Uh, and I think the easiest rule is don't use this for non-business activity. It won't end well for your business. We do think you can use it. Well, that for... kind of goes back. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I think that kind of goes back to what we were saying about uh, you know not not posting a lightning rod on your page uh, without realizing that you're going to do that. Right. Do it on purpose, or or just don't. Do use it for sharing interesting new information. There's a whole world of really cool articles out there that I'm never going to have time to read. But if you find one that's amazing, please share it because I want that one. If it was amazing for you, it's going to be interesting for me as well. I love it when someone shares great resources that simplify hard topics because I can write, I can mm. reference those uh, for a long time into the future, right? Uh, use it for recognizing great accomplishments that you or others have done. It's a great place to recognize someone who's graduated, written a book, given a talk, or 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 maybe you went to a conference and learned something amazing you can share. 
Well, you just graduated. I saw your picture on LinkedIn. It looked great. I was really happy to see that you had finally wrapped up your studies, Wes. So yeah, I loved it. It was a good experience. The, one of the easiest things you can do is find some relevant influencers and follow them, right? Specific leaders that you're interested in. What do they have to say and how can they make me better? In the process, you're learning and growing. And, and so follow some interesting influencers. Uh, and then like and comment on the things you want supported. <clears throat> I know this is a funny thing to say, right? Please like and subscribe. <laughs> Five stars. But uh, really, this is the algorithm voting mechanism inside LinkedIn. And if, if you've never been a content creator before, you may not know just how important these interactions really can be. Yeah. And let me just add a couple of, of words here about social media marketing. There's... Um, a whole uh, career, really, uh, that could be made, and, and a lot of people are making, on the topic of social media marketing. In other words, how do you use LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever social media you're on in, in order to grow a business or to promote a cause that you care about? Now, you don't have to do these these things, right? We're not we're not advising you to become a social media marketer. Um, necessarily but if you're on linkedin and you're seeing other people post you know stuff and sell things and promote their causes just know that that's really what they're uh, engaged in and so uh, linkedin isn't just a resume for you it's actually uh, it really is a social network it is so kip i'm I, let's say i'm starting the job search right uh and i'm thinking i'm, I'm ready to pop my head up and look around and and kind of be the meerkat above the ground looking around to, to all different ways. And so uh, uh, how do you recommend job searching on LinkedIn? Should I, should I go public? Should I keep it on the down low? What, what do you recommend? Well, if, if, you, if you're on my team and, <clears throat> and you do an update that you're job searching on LinkedIn and that's the first I've heard of it, I'm not happy. <laughs> I am not happy at all. So if you want to poke your supervisor with a stick, you know, that would be a great way to do it. Um, you may not like the reaction that you get. So, you know, just, just be aware of that, right? Um, you're going to, your, any job search action that you take on LinkedIn, um, could become very public. And so if you haven't announced it yet to, to your supervisor or, you know, shared that with your supervisor, even your teammates, right? Be careful. Now, it turns out that LinkedIn, there's a couple of different ways that you can job search on LinkedIn, right? You can do a bunch of posting and you can tell the world, hey, I'm open to new opportunities. Here's what I'm looking for. You know, please, please let me know if anything like this comes across uh, you, you know, that you see it, let me know it. You can change the content of your profile so that when somebody looks at your profile without seeing any of your posts, they, they would also know that you're looking for a job. Now, on a separate future episode, we're going to talk about a third way that you can look for a job on LinkedIn because LinkedIn actually has a very powerful job search engine and database of jobs uh, that's available to you. So if you're somebody who's been on LinkedIn for years and years like I have, uh, that kind of snuck up on me when I discovered it. I, I, I didn't realize just how good of a place uh, LinkedIn can be for job hunting. And so we're going to talk about that in a future episode. And when you're job hunting, it's not quite as likely that people are going to know you're doing it, but you still want to be careful. 
So speaking of, of job hunting and, and what we do when we're on the bench, if you, if you are on the bench and you're actively looking for your next role, you might want to update your headline to say, I am looking for my next opportunity, right? Or, or maybe your headline says, risk analyst looking for FTE opportunity, right? Uh, it's yep. okay to put yeah, that you kind can of actually headline. Sorry for stomping on you, Wes. I was just going to say that you can actually, there's a setting in LinkedIn. It moves around a lot, so I'm not going to try to tell you where it is, but there's a setting uh, in there uh, where you can tell recruiters, hey, start looking at me. Like You can kind of raise your hand to the recruiters digitally on LinkedIn, and and, uh, and they'll start seeing you more. Yeah, and you can do that uh, without changing your headline, and, and, and that's in your privacy settings. And that will keep it on the more discreet level. Understand everything done on the internet is is available, but it's a little more discreet. Okay, so we've talked about what should go on your page. We've talked about uh, what would be a good strategy for the things you share, the comments that you make on other people's posts, the you know the the, the times when you should be clicking the like button, um, because remember, all of that is completely visible depending on your privacy settings right it's all completely visible now let's talk about the third area which is your network and by the way if you haven't um made your network uh if you haven't you know changed the settings your network all of it could be completely uh visible to to people so if that makes you feel a little uh, a little nervous you might want to go in and check that but let's talk about you know who should you be connecting with so, Wes, you have any thoughts about who I so should be connecting with? Because there's, there's more than one way on to do this. A couple of theories on this, right? Some will, some people will say connect only with the people you are confident will support you and your work, who you have a long history with. And then there's another theory that is uh, connect broadly and win those you can on the way, right? And and I I think that's going to really depend on who you are in your personality, right? You go with what is best for you on that one. I can't tell you the answer, but I, but I can say a rule of thumb is you need to have at least 50 connections. You can do that. You can pick 10 people from the last two years and 10 people from the two years before that that you've worked with and get, get to 50. Get to 50. You can do that. Then you can join some groups of like-minded folks. So why is 50 so important? Ah, well, because that gets you group entrance. Well, it does. It gets you some group entrance. It also establishes you as a as a uh, uh, a consistent user and player on LinkedIn, as opposed to uh, possibly a fly-by-night profile, it it establishes your profile as being more more valid or more accurate than maybe an identity theft profile of some sort. Great, great advice. Love it. Um, let me say something about about who you should connect with. Um, there's a whole group of people on LinkedIn called Lions. Have you heard of that, Wes? I have. Those are uh, LinkedIn open networkers. Yeah, that's right. And so when LinkedIn was first launched many, many years ago, one of one of the things that happened was is there was a whole uh, bunch of people, early adopters, and they believed that LinkedIn should be, uh, that connections on LinkedIn should be very, very permissive. That anybody should be able to connect with anybody without permission, without invitations, and so on. And these are people who just believe that everybody should be connected with everybody. And, you know, maybe more of a Twitter ethos, right? Than, than what LinkedIn uh, is now. But you'll still run across people like that. Um, but, but I will tell you this. We do know 
from 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 research from data that your second degree connections or your loose first degree connections can be a tremendous source uh, of of new opportunities for you. So I know some people are very against uh, connecting uh, with people uh, that they don't know, but I I want you to think about connecting with people that you don't know. Uh, because it's going to reveal opportunities uh, for you in the future. I mean, that's just the way human networks work. So, Kip, I had a post recently that went viral. I have, uh, it was my graduation post, and I have so far 72,000 views of that post. Um, it's, amazing. It's just, just amazing and interesting to me because that's not really a goal of mine to have high views or any of that. It's also generated 86 new invitations for uh, connection on LinkedIn. Um, we got to think about how we accept or decline those, those, those invitations. And, and it's really part of it's going to be, are they obvious fake accounts? Are they data miners? Mm -hmm. Um, we can take a look at that and see, oh, well, that's just a, a salesperson networking from another side of the country who doesn't have any interest in my business or my, my organization. They're just, they're just, using me to look at my network to see who they can talk to in my network. Uh, that's not, that's not uh, somebody that I need to network with, right? If, if it's a fake account, I'm not going to network with it. If it's, uh, and I, I, I may have networked with a few of those on the way, but uh, not intentionally, right? Uh, another one is I get sometimes invitations with inappropriate pictures as their, as their profile. Um, just not interested in that. That's not, uh, good for me. That's not good for my reputation. Uh, and so I just let those go as well. Uh, don't be fooled. Don't take the bait. Uh, stay with the people that look like healthy contributors in the industry. Yeah. And one of the ways you can, de you can determine whether you should accept a connection request from somebody you don't know is how many uh, connections do you have in common? So if I see somebody I've got 91 common connections with and I'm not connected with them yet, fix that. I probably should be open to connecting with them. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So we talked a little bit about endorsements, uh, skill endorsements. They're cheap and easy to, to give. In your network, you can also give endorsements. In fact, you can be generous with them. You can endorse a person for four or five things in one shot. It takes, it takes less than a minute to endorse them for five things. And... And there's no penalty, right? There's there's no penalty if you endorse them for something that they are mostly good at, but not aces at. Um, and there's always a win for them in that uh, uh, you're telling the world that they're they're reasonably good at 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 this skill. And in the same way, uh, reciprocate. If someone's endorsed you, then then please go back and endorse them as well. That's uh, that's only appropriate when when we're we're talking about who did who's doing things well at work, and and endorsements are of skills are some of the currency we use recommendations are and the that next includes step. writing recommendations yeah I was, recommendations I was say, are let's hard, talk right? about writing them yep. so so recommendations are hard and and we can write a recommendation sometimes it's worth checking with a person first to see what they want to be recommended for or what they want their reputation or brand to be uh, uh, about and sometimes it's just a blanket recommendation that says, I've worked with this person and they're solid and I want them to, to carry my stamp for as long as, as they, they would like, right? Yep. 
my advice to a, a young person in their career who's trying to figure out oh, what, how to build their profile uh, in LinkedIn, how to build their career and their, their profile in this industry, um, start writing recommendations for some folks, but, but don't do the, the, the I scratch your back, you scratch mine method of, of if I endorse you, Kip, then you endorse me and, and we both get endorsements. That's going to be very transparent on on LinkedIn. It it's very transparent because they put them uh, right now just on the left and on the right, so you can see. Well, uh, is this a mutual endorsement or is this a one way uh, recommendation? What what does it look like? My suggestion instead would be if you're if you're just getting started, have a group of three of you and and person A endorses or recommends person B and person B recommends person C. And person C can recommend person A. And that way, each of those recommendations can be uh, sincere. They can be applied. And it's not obvious to the algorithm that, uh, that we plan this a little bit to grow our careers. That's a great recommendation. It's kind of the anti-algorithm, uh, anti-algorithm approach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that brings us to the ends of... Uh, when you do build a network, choose your network wisely and then recommend and endorse appropriately so that you've got uh, an interactive network. Uh, of those 86 people that have sent me invitations, I'm not just going to accept their invitation and say, thanks for, thanks for reaching out to me. Bye. I'm, I'm probably going to choose several of them to engage in a conversation and build a relationship with so that, so that in the future we can help one another and we do have a basic understanding of who we are and how we're, how we're positioned. Uh, to move this industry forward and and hopefully forward together. Yeah, when I get a connection request and I, and I think the the person on the other side um, is very interesting, uh, I will accept the request, but then immediately uh, send them a note uh, thanking them for connecting with me, but then asking them, hey, what what's what's like what's a super interesting problem that's front of mind for you that you're that you're working on right now, and then I share what mine is. So that I can immediately open up a warm dialogue with them, and it it it, it often doesn't go very far past that, but it, what it does do is it kind of you know sets a tone for future interactions we're going to have with each other because there's going to be a message history on LinkedIn, and when that person comes back to me, they're going to go, oh yeah, he he asked me about that problem that I was working on, that was cool, right? Just it's going to feel better. Um, so that's a technique that I use and that, um, uh, I think makes a difference. That's a great tip, Kip. And I think, I think with that tip, we should probably wrap it up because we've, we've covered a lot of ground today. Uh, I do want to summarize that LinkedIn is a useful tool, but it is not your job search. You'll need to do more. I, I want to remind you that being thoughtful is the day, the word of the day. If you aren't thoughtful, you might not create the image you want projected. And then lastly, I would say be an eager learner. You're growing yourself and hopefully you're growing those around you and you can use LinkedIn as a place to reflect that growth as you go. You'll be glad you did and your prospective employers might just see that too. This has been a very good episode. Um, listen, so uh, as I said before, we're going to have a future episode where we're going to talk about how you can hunt for jobs on LinkedIn. So that's coming up. Uh, so, uh, but that's all we have for this episode, right? So listen, as we close it out, I just want to remind you that if you've heard about Steve, Steve was a, um, 
and still is, uh, a former student of ours. He went and took our uh, masterclass called How to Get Your Dream Cybersecurity Job as Told by Hiring Managers. And he did that back in April. And before he even finished all the lessons, he got his dream cybersecurity job. And his story is very inspiring. And I invite you to check it out. And so if you want to hear about Steve, go to yourcyberpath.com forward slash Steve, S-T-E-V-E, and uh, hear about uh, how this course changed his working life. So until next time, remember, you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job.